Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your alternate Monday? Uh, okay, it's snowy here today, but I have a thing that'll go away. Uh, it's got that uh, pre- hmm. pretty snow, though, Dennis. I- I'm not sure where you are, are at in the world, if you've uh, driven to Hawaii or not. But it is um, a kind of a big, thick, heavy snow came through this way. So it was a really big, heavy flakes. We're on that line of if you go a little bit south, there's no snow, just lots of rain. But if you go mm-hmm. north, there's lots more snow. So we're like right on that lane. Um, so it was really wet, but really, really pretty. That was what I was trying to get at. Really pretty white, thick snow that will all be probably melted tomorrow. Um, but good. I am fond of saying that... Yeah, I'm fond of saying that snow is nice if you don't have to drive, if you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, I I um, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Nice, nice to look at. I am still in Texas. Will be for probably the next month or so. Um, it's cold, quote unquote. Here, it's right now forty outside. It's uh, it's eight thirty central, so it's dark. That's why it's cold. It, it won't get quite down to freezing, uh, but I went out when I went out and uh, took dog for a walk. It was cold. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not cold. cold like it is up there, but uh, yeah. It's, I mean, we're we're not in Wisconsin or anything, so I don't I don't want to say that we're too cold. We're you know between thirty and forty, and, which is it's fine. Uh, you know, for, for a, that's a that's a that's a winter I won't complain about. Uh, overall, winter. Sure. I know that so many people, so many people in the rest of the world are are suffering through below zero constantly and and such uh although i i've come to not trust weather like temperature gauges it'll tell me it's like oh it's 32 and then i go outside and my face is blown off with how freaking cold it feels and i feel like my whole body's being chilled and other times it'll say it's 12 degrees and i'm fine with wearing shorts i don't understand maybe it's just my body's weird but yeah no it's it's uh yeah. fine Where, so are you in the midwest no no you're still down south right uh i'm in the north part of texas i'm i'm south of dallas instead of east um so it's still it's still pretty cool but the difference between here and the parks further south is like it's less than 10 degrees it's like five degrees difference um so it's a little warmer down there but i think by next week it should be back up into the mid to high 60s so wow that's exciting man (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's an it's a nice sweet spot for me. A lot of people who do this kind of um, mobile or nomadic lifestyle like to go way south in the winter, like Arizona, Florida, uh, you know, right on the on the Mexico border or whatever, where it's still like seventy, eighty degrees, and that is too warm for me. I like it up here where it's a little bit cooler, but not not full freezing. Yeah. Um, because it's just more comfortable for me and the places are less crowded like the parks in florida are all full of people at this time of year oh yeah Um, i bet yeah yeah but so texas isn't too bad i guess right no 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 or or arizona i guess i don't never really kind of want to be out in the desert it's never my kind of place yeah i might now that i have my membership gives me access to those Arizona parks, I might make the drive out there, but there's a big gap between basically San Antonio and like Yuma area, which is, you know, over half of the width of Texas plus New Mexico 
all the way to Arizona. It's like 12 or 13 hours of driving. Um, and so I don't know if I'll, if I'll make that trip out yet this winter or not. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Um, when, when are you, when, when are you, so your next planned move time? Do you have one? Um, I'm at, at this, uh, stage phase, whatever I'm moving about every other week rather than twice a week. Like I was doing before. Um, again, that's my upgraded membership. I think I talked about that. Um, and so I moved this past weekend. It was really nice when I got here. I got a new um, propane fire pit. I don't know if you've ever seen these. It's like, um, well, it's like people have propane fireplaces in their house. Yeah. Right? Where there's like fake logs or whatever and you just turn it on. Um, this is, well, um, have you ever seen a gas grill that has lava rock in it? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh this is that exact technology except instead of a grill, it's just a a bowl like a like a the rim of a tire. Okay. Sort of. Um and it's got a burner element, uh, whatever that's called, m- manifold. Mm, um okay. and I and it came with a bunch of lava rock that I dumped on top of that thing and it doesn't have an igniter. I have to use a a lighter or a match or something. Um, but I hook it up to the propane on my camper with a big, like, 10-foot hose. Um, and it's just a, it's just a little fire. Oh, with a, that's nice. With a, with a knob on it, like a stove or a gas grill. So I could, I, when I got here, I, I set it up and I turned it on and I sat out on the picnic table for a while because it was, like, in the low 60s, maybe high 50s. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty nice. And then when I'm done, I just turn it off. And, uh, the rocks are all really hot still, but, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's super easy and I don't have to, I mean, I will have to refill my propane eventually, but I won't have to haul around firewood and, and stuff to have a, have a fire. So I'm hoping to use that again, maybe this weekend and, and definitely next week when it gets warm again, cause it's too cold now. Um, and we got a little bit of rain yesterday it's wednesday so it's yesterday or maybe monday i forget now uh but yeah that's what's going on here not not too bad that's kind of cool uh yeah mm-hmm. i think i think if it was me i would be the boring lame person going to all the like fancy high named places staying at national parks and stuff like that because i'm boring basic that way <laughs> uh, your way I mean, you can actually see new things and be in new spots and live the life of people who like I'll, local people live there a little bit. I mean, I am, um, you know, I'm in this campground membership, so I'm a little, I'm not really limited to these parks, but because I've already paid for it, it's, it's free, quote unquote, you know, it was very expensive to buy into, sure. but, um, it's free to stay here. So like I could try to go to national parks or something, but I would have to pay to stay there. So I'm like, well, and so it's, it's not, you know, where I am. It's the same place I was at this time last year, right? I'm at the exact same park. I'm actually like one or two sites over from the same site, campsite that I picked last time. Because yeah. at this park, there's a there's a row. This might not make sense to people who don't go camping, but um, there are several sites in this park that are off of a loop. Like usually, the parks are in loops, and they'll have um, 
cross sections like streets in a neighborhood sure. right there's like one road that goes around and then a bunch of rows in between and then in each of those rows it's like a really big parking lot but with trees and gravel and stuff kind of between the sites so sometimes you know you backed in and there's somebody behind you and somebody to, on either side um of course at this time of year those sites might be empty or they might just be somebody's camper but there's nobody there because these parks have um annuals that are uh their their camper is here all the time they just use it like a um like a summer cabin or you know sometimes like the last park i was at it really picked up over the weekend yeah it didn't fill up like the sites were still mostly empty but i saw more people outside you know having a fire playing cornhole or whatever um on the weekend and then during the week there was nobody there but the camper was still there uh anyway i'm going into too much detail on this this park has a set of sites that are on the outside of that loop so if you come around and you're coming up there are these sites they're kind of on the edge of a drop-off but they're still flat like they're big decent sites the land just drops off behind so they couldn't the park couldn't put a bunch of sites right next to each other they're just sort of slipped in where there's enough flat um, land to support a site. And and the way that they're angled, the camp side of my camper, campers in the U.S. anyway, have um, like usually the door and the awning and everything is off to the right yeah. side. It w- would be the passenger side if you're, if you're talking in car terms. Um, that is facing like into the woods and so i can see the next camper over but they're like i don't know at least 50 feet away and there's a bunch of trees in between us um and so it's almost like camping camping in the woods Mm. not it's not really you know my car is still here and i'm sleeping in a bed but it's more like that than you know one of the i stayed in a couple parks one in florida and one in new york new jersey new jersey i think um that were really just like an open field where you go and you park and there are people next to you but there are no trees you're in full sun and it's just a place a lot of times the places like that are just because they're close to something um the new jersey one was like 20 30 minutes from atlantic city um the florida one was like Uh, maybe half an hour from Orlando. Um, And so it's just like, here's a place where they could get some land and they'll put as many campsites um, as close together as they can for people with big um, class A, those RVs that are like, who hardly ever come out of their their RVs. They just live in them. Yeah. Or, or they just have them and you know, they want a big, they have a big family or they want a lot of space or whatever. I don't, I've gotten more, uh, um, that's the word I want to say less judgmental about people in there <laughs> and their camping choice. Like, you know, every, everything, everything works for people. A lot of people wouldn't like a camper as small as mine. A lot of people have campers smaller than mine. And that's a little bit more of, of my mentality is I'm like, this is a little more space than I need though. Now that I have a pup with me, I'm glad that I have some more space. She can sleep on the couch or whatever. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, yeah. Some people just. I can't really judge them by that. I I, I think uh, 
sometimes that that judgment with camper people come off with when you don't realize that they are like living in it for example uh, right but yeah if it's just like i buy this i have this huge camper thing that i take one week out of a year that seems excessive <laughs> so i tend to be a little bit more judgmental on that uh Sure, but but how do you how would I know that? That's just me being a, a jerk on it. So, <laughs> which is which is really dumb. Uh, so what do we got this week? Um, well, the Oscars are this week. I haven't seen anything about that. Is there any kind of highlights that you know of? Uh, I guess I everything at... everywhere got invited or got nominated. Did they win Golden Globes? Everything everywhere just. I think Michelle. No, won, right? no. We, we we talked about that. They won uh, Michelle Yao and uh, Kei Hui Kwan. Um, yeah. Again, I'm D- sure I'm saying that from wrong. But, uh, they won, they won acting categories and maybe one other one in Golden Globes. But and in the Academy Awards, they are nominated in eleven categories, um, which is pretty huge. Like both acting categories, I think um, supporting actress. I think Jamie Lee Curtis has um, best picture whichever one is writing some production costume design thing, maybe um, a bunch of them. A, pr- a so, problem with the Oscars though. Yeah. And I'll say this as politely as I can is that um, they have started in the last 10 years, maybe less or maybe decade yeah. of, of putting uh, throwing people bones, right? Where they're like, Oh, everybody likes this movie. So we'll put it in there. Right. Now, now, 11 nominations Maybe. seems that they're pretty, like, that's, they like it generally. But, you know, there's, there's, a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of times that they will put things that are nominated just because people like them and, they, they, you know, they want you to put it in there. So, they, so people don't see the Oscars as completely irrelevant. I know that I would used to be able to look at the Oscars and <laughs> right. not know any of the things, although I would watch tons of movie in a year, right? Uh, so, right. and then that one period they had, was even one year where they had, like, a, the popular category, so they, they quickly did away with that, but it feels like now they're just putting yeah, putting those. I don't think the in. popular category lasted to an actual uh, an actual awards show. All right, but but so they they did it, and then there was so much uh, whatever that they they canceled it. They they took it out before it even got to the actual show. Yeah, it, now it's just. Uh, but but that doesn't mean that they don't still like do it. Like just just be like add those popular category things there and they never have a chance to actually win. Right. Not, not saying yeah, that's the case there here. Are, but... Yeah. As long as we're on that topic, they gave several nominations to Wakanda forever. Yeah. Um, which, which was not was the best say, Marvel movie I was gonna say of, that one's of the year. Um, it's, uh, you know, but they also gave nominations to the original black Panther. So, I am assuming there's a little bit of politics involved there. I um, just, I don't, just that I don't, whole thing makes me not want to watch them. It's, it's a real thing. Right, right. Uh, it's because it's um, just, it's just, uh, it's not fun. I guess I, I don't know. I, I, words, you know, it's well established how you and I feel about all words, but um, I mean, it's it's like anything, right? It's like critics' reviews or. You know, going to a fine art, like just understand what it is and what it's not. Um, you know, it's not an indication, you know, the the winner of a best picture is not an indication of what movie you're going to like or what movie you're going to enjoy watching 
although last year's win was Coda, which was true in both cases. All right, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a it it just is what it is, which I know is an expression people overuse, but um, you know, it's a specific kind of thing, and the more you understand what it is. I think, at least for me personally, the easier it is for me to not expect it to be anything else. Yeah, I think some of it is, by its nature, it has a bunch of rich people in it, so it gets to be bigger than it would be. It, it The Oscars, and to an extent the Golden Globes, always feel like they should be just a private ceremony that Hollywood people have themselves, because they're all just giving it to themselves, right? Oh, because it's it's so back patty sure yeah it's just a back patty thing it's not like anyone else but them vote or nominate or anything because because the whole the whole idea is that we know the best because we are in the industry therefore only our opinions are going to matter here um which, which which is fine sure. i think that's fine but i don't know why we should care about that right sure yeah i got it yeah i get it uh so anyway uh yeah Everything Everywhere is my favorite by far. This this the thing about Everything Everywhere is that it's it's in my top ten, like period, like of all time. Not just mm-hmm. you know for for so many reasons. And and when I see something that that stunning, I hope that that other people also can can recognize it. And and it, to be fair, nominations are that they're at least recognizing it. And people do get um, as much nowadays. People get as much play off of being nominated as they do a winning. So a, a movie can come out and say right. three nominations for Oscars or something like that is the same as one an Oscar mm-hmm. for Best Picture. Like it doesn't matter. People listen to right. it just as much at the beginning of a movie as a or trailer as they would nominating or winning, right? Yeah. So it, it doesn't really. Yeah. Matter. One of the things. Yeah, and that's really my. I'll probably watch a couple of the other nominations because they seem interesting. I know we talked about this a little off the air, like Banshees of Inisherin. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those, but yeah, I think, you know, I said this coming out of everything everywhere. I'm like, this is amazing. And it's also just so different because that's what, so different, yeah. in my mind, that's what critics and, you know, things like the Academy Awards are looking at. Like who, who has done something, you know, a lot of times they pick things that are about the industry right it's it's very self-congratulatory in that way i think because you know those things don't always appeal to the mass audience and so they are definitely in their own clubs saying you know look this is our thing and here's what somebody you know it's like uh uh, a bunch of people who play wow congratulating somebody for doing a raid like outside of that spirit like you could explain it to somebody and they're gonna go oh okay that's that's pretty cool but they won't they're not gonna get it yeah um true i think i think and i i hope and i think that everything everywhere has a good shot at some of this stuff because it's so different because it's so um you know that's the thing we say about again that's where i was going earlier um critics and the academy awards is they're looking for somebody who's doing something new because so much like yeah you can make a sequel to a thing and it'll make money but it's not there's nothing particularly impressive or noteworthy about that. Like, yeah, it made money. That's cool. That's great. We're all, uh, you know, here to make money. Even if you're, th- even if you are an artist, you need resources to make art. So, 
you know, that that has to be the case. But I think, um, you know, in the world of supernatural multiverse kind of um, genre films, um, everything everywhere really did something unique and different. And it's funny. Um, I just finished listening to the last, the latest, um, book in Brandon Sanders, Brandon Sanderson's Reckoners series. Yeah. It's his, um, uh, superhero sort of, sort of series. I don't know if you've listened. I know everybody Trotsky was reading, listening to, um, the Mistborn oh, yeah. series. I don't know if you, um, listen to those or, um, heard good things about it's a yeah yeah the reckoner series is it's very much like the real world where um most of his other books are clearly fantasy worlds different planets and um you know with different like climates and atmospheres and unique sort of weather things and whatever where um this one is like the united states except Something happened, as happens in many comic series, especially outside of Marvel DC. Something happened that gave people superpowers. Yeah. But the thing that gives people superpowers turns them into sociopaths. Like, they all become completely self-focused, um, a little bit like the boys, um, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not inherent to their people. Like the people were you know some of them were good people and using their superpower makes them evil makes them like selfish and thinks of unpowered humans as worthless cattle um stuff like that but there is a character in this third book who has the ability to bring shadows of things from other realities okay in a multiverse kind of way yeah and and it's very it's been very sparing up to this point but in the sort of culmination of the book there's a little bit of a spoiler for this book um they start doing things that really remind me of everything everywhere like they're with another person who's fighting and they have just guns because they the other person doesn't have powers and um they're like oh i reloaded your gun by the way and just like you know unbeknownst to him swapped out his nearly empty pistol with one from another reality where it's fully loaded right and it's Mm -hmm. such a such a small little thing i'm like oh this is like everything everywhere i wonder what which of these came first i'm sure the you know the book's been out long enough now and that's how sanderson works like he he thinks up magic systems in just a really um like logical well thought out way um that i think not a lot of writers do in speculative fiction yeah i i uh this was an endless right to do something i went out uh friday it says I'm, I'm gonna get there this has to do with with reading friday was there's hmm. at my local kind of hipster theater we have here in town is showing um uh community theater we call it is the um a lot of th- four Hideo Miyazaki um, shows, movies. Oh, Ghibli Fest. Yeah, Ghibli. we talked about this right. a week or so week ago. Week or so ago, right. Uh, so last Friday was Howl's Moving Castle, which is, is fine. I like all of the things. Um, but 
I wasn't really in the mood to watch it too much. And um, mm, I haven't seen that one. But, but Sydney has watched it and loves it. She's watched it multiple times. And she had friends going. So it made it even more easier for me to say, oh, well, you just go with your friends and, and have a good time and I'll take you there. <laughs> Um, and then, sure. and then, you know, I'll just skip out on this one, which reminds me this Friday is my birthday and it's, um, the wind rises. So I'm going to watch that one. Um, hmm. but anyway, so she went to watch that and I was downtown. Downtown's about, I don't know, 12, 15 minutes away from my house. So I was like, you know right. what? I can just, what's going on with me right now? I just need to go and chill somewhere. And at seven at night, there's not a lot of places like a coffee shops open or anything, but there was, uh, we got a bookstore in town called Morgan Stearns and it's got, you know, a, a coffee shop in it. And I went in there and I decided I'm going to sit down and either read my phone or, or read a book or something. And I got in there and I, I, I saw the Brandon Sanderson's things and I'm like, man, well, unfortunately I had forgotten my, my satchel, which has my books in it, um, mm. that I'm currently reading. So I was like, man, I really, I really, I'm always tempted to like get these books, you know? Mistborn or um, Name of the Wind and things like that. Um, and and I know that I had started like Name of the Wind on audio, but then I got that warning from you that it may not be appropriate for Sydney once it gets further in. So I kind of stopped, yeah. stopped listening to that one. But I thought, well, maybe that's a good, that's a good reason to pick it up and read it, read it. Uh, but I didn't. I, I, I kept caught myself from like getting, because I'll do that a couple of times, is get into like where I really want to read a book. But... Mm-hmm. I have, then I'll have three or four books that I'm in like half the way through, you know, which makes yeah, slows yeah. everything down. I need to just straight focus and finish one. Um, so I didn't, I didn't buy it. I, I did end up buying cause I wanted to, I didn't have any with me. Went and bought, I bought a, a book, um, kind of a Marvel of history of Marvel comics, um, book that I was mm. re- reading through. It was pretty good. It's, or it is pretty good. I'm still reading it. It's, it wasn't, I didn't want like a, a, a story that I've already read or something like that. I, I didn't want something like that. Um, so I got this one. I'm thinking it was just going to be like an encyclopedia, I guess. But okay, the first three quarters of it is actually a story. The two characters in the Marvel universe who are like super powerful characters. The, the, the story starts out where they're talking at the end of time or at the end of the universe. And they're waiting for the last okay. two specks of life to, to die out. And one is going to continue on into the next universe, and the other one is going to, to perish to start the new universe. And the story goes is that the one that's going to continue on is not sure if he's going to remember anything and asks the other one, the all, other all-powerful one, to, to remind him of all the things that happened. So ah. he says, okay, and then starts going panel for panel, basically through the very beginning history of the Marvel 616 universe to current day. And he doesn't oh, wow. spend more than a panel or two on major events, but okay, it's so so you don't have all of the huge things. But it'll say this is how the universe was created. These how these these um, entities like eternity and ego and whatever were created, and love and hate and death, and they and it shows them. Mm-hmm. And these are all like characters throughout the entire Marvel history. You know what? Almost a hundred years now of of comics. Um, right. That they have spots in history. And then in the appendices in the back, like the last 25% of the book will tell you more information. Like the, the gods created the beginning of the Marvel universe uh, were explained in silver surfer number 34 and 36 and Dr. Strange number 12. And you're like, Oh, cool. That's I, I can actually, if I want to mm. know about that, 
if you want to read yeah the 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 source it's like a citation in a in a paper yeah yeah and and that was and i was so i was kind of doing them all at the same time reading reading about this one or they'd say it actually says a little bit more than just like one line it would say the the eternals were brought here by the whatever um and they were you know they would just say a little bit more about the eternals and then say this was covered in eternals number four through seven series one whatever and so it gives you a little bit more and then tells you where you can go see them so it just gave context to the panels um, so that was really cool. Right. And there's a whole bunch of stuff because they'll come out with things. Comics are like billions of comics right now, right? And they have, yeah, you know, uh, you just can't catch everything. But And I'll pick up a cool book and it's got new writers and they'll decide to write a, his, a, a, a story that is a time traveling piece and takes you back in time. And then you meet the Avengers BC. And you're like, what? what is this nonsense? But it's just a fun story. <laughs> uh, but... It's in there, like so. That's that's officially a thing that happened in the history of the, the universe. Canon. Sure, yeah. So it's like, oh, I I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You know, Doctor Strange. There was three other Sorcerer Supremes before him, and Merlin was one of them. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, so I yeah, I really I've enjoyed it so far, and I like that it's just kind of quick and skips through. And where I've gotten to so far is a lot of it was the first chapter what was basically like the formation and early stage of the universe but i'm now up to where the fantastic four have appeared so we've gone all through all the old golden age characters that i have no idea who they are but they're all talk- talking about them and how they helped in world war ii i'm like it's cool uh but nice. i mean i'm enjoying it it was a, like a 25 dollar buy sat down and read it for two hours and and because that sounds it, cool yeah so I, because it's a comic book i can get through it most of it in that sitting hour time, but you, you can't really get through a Brandon Sanderson book in two hours. Um, but I know that those things are books that I are definitely on the list of things that I must watch because you're not the only one that's a big fan of them. He's a huge prolific writer that's massively popular. Um, and I, and I yeah, admire I mean, from afar best, his, his work ethic or way he does stuff. Best selling something like best selling fantasy author of all time or something. <laughs> no, just, just of all time. No, no, no big thing. <laughs> Or at least definitely uh, uh, living, still living. Um, yeah, and and he's uh, he still does like all the time. I saw that thing where he released something like three books at once or something. Kind of nonsense. <laughs> he was he was still working on sequels to Reckoners, which is the superhero one, um, Wax and Wayne, which is a, a sequel series to Mistborn. So like. It's several centuries after the events of Mistborn, and the world has changed to become a little bit like a Western okay. kind of world. Um, the uh, um, Oath, Oath, no, not Oath, um, what's it called? Oath Keepers, Oath Breakers. St- the Stormlight Archives, okay. which is his like high fantasy one where each each book... I don't know the page count, but the audiobooks are like 40 to 50 hours long. They're massive. They're like, they're longer than any of the Game of Thrones books or Song of Ice and Fire books. Okay. Um, like, those are the three that I know of off the top of my head. Like, while he was working on those during pandemic lockdowns, he did like four novels and the script for a graphic novel in secret like without anybody without any of his fans knowing and that's when he did that video like i have a confession 
I wrote another novel in secret. <laughs> Which is crazy. But right? it's even it's a it's a hilarious video because he's like but it's even worse than that because I actually wrote another novel and he's like stacking up these massive manuscripts <laughs> and you're like, geez, this dude. Right. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, when I was younger and I had my, my, uh, my mind was just full of stuff. I can see, Grant, he's, he's older. He's not a young guy. Um, but no, I could he's, see he's about our age, actually, right. somewhere in between. And, and I could, and he, he uh, I can see how like ideas just flow. And you, you know, and if you can write down your stuff, like type, you know, as fast as you can think, type stuff, um, and and just kind of write it all out. I can see how that's possible. I can see how that's totally possible. I, I, I even if I just wrote about all of our D and D campaigns, right, and and it right, took a year, right. um, I could write a whole big huge book of just meeting once a week, or once every two weeks, you know, uh, to play mm-hmm. a game and and write it all out. So. People who actually enjoy doing it and have a good create creative mind, um, I I, to, I I can totally understand that. I also understand writer's block. I know that's a you get doldrums, <laughs> yeah. But but I yeah, still think sure. it's also ridiculous when you have authors who will write three books over thirty years, and I, I just <laughs> yeah in, in, yeah in a story. It, it, it's the, not uh, yeah. It's not it's not super. I don't know. I mean, well, it bothers me because right. it's it's like when you start a story, you're kind of owing it to people. It's kind of like when I start it, I sit down and I'm going to tell my kids a story, a good night story. They, I am giving them a contract, a social contract that I am going to tell you this thing, right? And and, and I'm going yeah. to finish it, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. I'm you're going to invest your time in me. I'm going to invest your, you know, it, it give this exactly. to you, and then I exactly, don't and and we have this conversation. Uh, perennially about quality versus quantity and so i i probably give writers a little more grace than a lot of people but there's still a limit to it right where i'm like okay nothing it's been five years i get that like oh you know i got the new book and now i'm eagerly waiting for the next book but i have to wait a year a year and a half two years like it takes a long time i get it especially if the book is long but after like five seven ten years you're like okay come on yeah you, come on you, now, just, now you're just not fulfilling your part of our of our agreement here right 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 uh, so anyway um sanderson is that's the thing all of that was just not be pessimistic about the authors it was to be positive towards sanderson and that he mm. he does he does that he he fulfills his part of the bargain he's He's very prolific, for sure, without a doubt. Right, yeah. which makes me just want to read his books. And I know some people can say, well, that, you know, you, Robin Hobb was one that I liked that has a lot of books that mm-hmm. for a series. I read some of their and, books. Um, and you're like, oh, I don't want to get into these things. But I, I disagree with that whole sentiment because most, I would hazard to say most book series aren't like Wheel of Time, where there are 12 or 15 books, or Game of Thrones, however many books they are. Sure. Where, where sure. they just have one story going on forever. I think most of them are in, broken up into chunks, and you can read them and leave or or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm excited. Last book I finished was the Dragonlance book, which we've talked about. I'm reading a Star Wars book now, which I'm halfway through, and it's pretty fun. It's set, it's, it's interesting because it's set between... Um, before episode four, so in Star Wars, so before the first time they blow up the Death Star, and, sure, and right. so far where I'm at is they it's past Hoth, past Empire Strikes Back, 
and it's take and the primary two characters are it starts as two kids who um, are on a small planet that gets taken over by the Empire, but it's it's not really persecuted. One, it's 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 a classic one person loves the Empire, one person hates it type thing. Um, okay, but they're the interesting thing about the read is that they are characters that are at almost all these important things that happen in the main movies, but they're not main characters. Um, okay, sure. So, for example, one of the characters who's a big pilot person, she goes and, and is on Darth, Darth Vader's ship when the first Death Star blows up, but it's in the movies, that ship isn't there. It's detached somewhere else, but he's at the Death Star. She has been assigned to take a shuttle and go pick him up because he, like, remember he tried, got shot out into space or something when the first Death Star blew up. So, mm-hmm. so she goes and picks him up. And so Death, Darth Vader's in the book, but only for a short while and only, like, tangentially. You know, like, she sees him and is scared of him and then talks about him and then goes on. And then she goes on to other things. And uh, one of the other guys is a pilot in the Battle of Hoth. And you talk. He beats. He meets uh, Dax, which is Luke Skywalker's uh, pilot. And you know Dax dies in there, but he meets him mm-hmm. and talks to him, and they have a, like a little scene, and then go on. So it's all this kind of like being the common guy or the ground troop, you like know, every man kind of kind of things. Yeah. And they play it from both sides. So one goes through the Empire type side, and one goes through the Rebel side. And you know, you see Princess Leia off in the distance, like, oh man, she's powerful and awesome, and you know mighty in her own right and who is she it's kind of cool leader of the stuff but never really talk to her type thing uh, right so i'm i'm enjoying that for a lot of those kind of type stuff seeing it from the other from other perspectives um and i'll, I'll get through that one and when that one's done unless the next Dragonlance comes out um i think that's the time to pick up either go through um the lightbringer series or go through name of the wind those are the two things i think are on my hmm. m- must go through what are your book things right now? Um, well, I just finished that Reckoner's book that I was talking about. Um, I have a couple credits on Amazon, so I have to figure out what I'm reading next. I did buy uh, Middlemarch, which is a you know classic piece of literature. It's fairly... I think it's fairly dense with a lot of characters, so I don't know if I'll get into that or or start something new. Start something all new again. <laughs> uh, let's see. What do we got here? You, we can talk. We, this week, our, our movie is... Um, Roman Holiday. Roman Holiday. Um, that's, that's only I have a got. couple of... I have a couple of TV shows and a couple of games. Hmm. Um, let's see. What do you... What do you think of those three? We're at, we're at our thirty-eight minute mark. Let's do, let's do our, um, let's do our movie, and then we can go into the TV shows because I know I know one of those is Last of Us. It's in there, right? Yeah, For those, and I know I've watched that one. So let, let's do uh, Roman Holiday. All right, this week we watched Roman Holiday from nineteen fifty-three. It's it's having its. 70th anniversary um speaking of oscars this won three oscars and 17 that can't be possible (laughs) that can't Um, be possible one two three four five six seven well and i guess if you count these three so 10 nominations three wins 
Best Actress, Best Writing, and Best Costume Design. Interesting. Best Costume Design, Black and White. (laughs) So at this point, in 1953, they were doing separate nominations for Black and White and Color. Yes. For uh, Costume Design, Cinematography, and Art slash Set. Uh, art direction slash set decoration. And those are just the ones that are in this list for Roman Holiday. I don't know if there were other categories. But that's so interesting, right? We talk about how the award shows still have se- still have the gender separations, right? Actor and actress. Yeah, right. um, at this point, they were like, you know, we can't compare these color movies against the black and white movies because the color movies will always win or maybe the other way around. Right. That's that's fascinating to me. Well, I, uh, I, I, I watched it. I mean, ahead. I read a bunch of little like, did you know things about this show? And one of the did you knows was that this was show the director, William Wyler, was like intentionally did choose this to be black and white, even though they had color at the same time. Uh, because he right. wanted it to be the characters to be the focus and not the location, which is funny because it's like Rome could be a character in that show. Like, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and so it was an it was an intentional choice not to make Rome a character, but it kind of was anyway. Um, so anyway, right. that's why he went black and white instead of color, which I found interesting. Yeah, may, maybe it was so much like Rome and Holiday. Like Rome is is so much a focus of the movie that he wanted it to not overshadow the character story that he wanted to tell. To yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, it, and that's, and that's fair. Um, I, I would say that this, I mean, this is a character show, right? There's not, there's not a lot that goes on in this show. She got, she goes, she's a princess plot. It's, it's synopsis is she's a princess who feels trapped and, goes off for a day and a journalist that she doesn't know is a journalist takes her out on a holiday to get some pictures or the scoop of a lifetime, whatever the story. Right. Yeah. And they just enjoy the time in Rome uh, all day. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's it. There's nothing, there's no big plot twist or secondary story or excitement. It's just that. And therefore yeah. this show is, and that sounds very boring and dumb and dry, but it's completely driven by her like you know as as the actress that she's just and that's it right people want to see Aud- mm-hmm. Audrey Hepburn which this was not her first one but one of her very first big ones that she did um, yeah so they, they just took a chance and I don't know it feels like a romantic comedy now what, what a romantic comedy would be today right sure what, what did you think of this one um, I saw this before, but it's been at least 10 years ago. Um, you're right that it's a very, it's a very straightforward movie. It's, it's one of those things that I think gets referenced a lot. It gets used as a, as a, um, not by word, but like, you know how people will say, you know, this is a X kind of story. Um, you know, this is a seven samurai kind of story, though that's yeah. a little more complex. But um, you know, this is a Romeo and Juliet kind of story. This sure. is where like the 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 theme of it, the 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 thrust of whatever it is, is so um straightforward um that it becomes the whole thing, right? Like this is what this this is what this movie is. It's a story 
um, it's a it's a sort of love story. I mean, it's definitely a love story, but it's a love story with a. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but I don't think we need <laughs> a full spoilers section for this. But the the ending is not a typical. It's not. Um, what would you say? Is is it a bittersweet ending? I don't, Maybe I don't, I don't even know. The ending was just a weird thing, and that. She goes back to being a princess, and the journalist guy doesn't really profit from it, I guess. Right, right. If you say, you know, you know, if you go back to the ancient Greeks and say there are two kinds of stories, comedies and tragedies, this was the whole thing we were talking about with the Golden Globes, um, you know, Romeo and Juliet is a tragedy. That's the whole thing, right? These young people fall in love, and they're their families are feuding and they commit suicide, right? right. It, it's iconic as a tragic love story, right? It, I mean, in the, the text, the narration of the play has that spoiler in it, right? Star crossed lovers, right there. The f- fate is against them. Yeah. Um, and most love stories are comedies, right? As the Greeks would say, it, they have a happy ending. The couple, go through you know that's the format for every modern rom-com holiday or otherwise um that's why we say romantic comedy um because there will be you know the modern definition of comedy there will be funny things in it and then the couple will end up together at the end they'll have some obstacles and drama in the middle and then they'll get together in the end right that's the that's the format um where this is neither of those two things the ending is not tragic Right. No. Um, yeah. But not. But neither is it that happy, fully satisfying kind of romantic ending. Um, or, well, it's funny that we say romantic because Roman. Um, <laughs> right. But that like romantic comedy kind of <clears throat> happy ending, um, kind of ending, and yeah. Then then other than that, it's just Audrey being Audrey. Um, you know, right. beautiful and and charming, and you know the the same kind of. I've seen her do stuff a little out of this mean, but this is pretty much her her thing. Is this like elegant, playful kind of leading lady character, right? Um, and what? and that's this a hundred percent. Yeah, and and. The the I mean the so what's what's his name the, the main actor guy um uh, Gregory Peck yeah um was that yeah Gregory Peck he he the way that kill a mockingbird the, guy the, yeah the way this this is said is that he um he had top billing she was kind of be far down in the credits in the opening credits because back I mean the credits are still a big thing now but back then they were everything and then it, it was they had. Right three, four, five minutes of credits before the movie ever started um, in the old Up day. until, like, the 90s, you were required by, I don't know, the, the Screen Actors Guild or somebody to put the credits first. Right. right? Like, the, the, the legend, I don't know if this is a legend, it's probably true, but I don't have an actual source to cite. Um, Lucas paid big fines for original Star Wars for right. starting the movie with no credits. Right. Um just and, with that title scroll, and uh, yeah, I, exactly right. And and they they didn't have that. Um, I mean, they, they have that. They had that back then, where you had to do all that stuff. 
Um, so getting your getting your name first or saying the words featured and whatever was was really top big. billing. Yeah, top billing was a yeah. big deal. So so she was not because she was you know she had done some other things, but I think this might have been her first American film. I want to say, um, and but he after it was done filming lobbied to get her name first on the thing and he specifically said she needs to be advertised here because she can and should and probably will win an oscar for these um right and and so he was just all about it. he saw her performance saw her thing and and i agree with that i mean it, it wasn't i don't know it wasn't anything more than any um audrey hepburn thing does because she's just amazing wonderful one of my favorites of all time anyway so i i know that now but Evidently, he saw that in her first and was like, this this movie isn't the movie without her. And I think that's true. Like, if you have anybody else in there, it's just okay. Um, yeah. At best. Because I don't think there's anything special about it. But her her looks and her the way she acts and, like you said, quirky or whatever um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. makes every scene in this movie uh, fantastic. And you could have a, you could have a cardboard standee next to her playing the, the, the opposite <laughs> and it would be fine um sure. but yeah uh so did you did you like this movie? you said this is the second time you've seen it do you remember liking it the first time or yeah yeah i mean i i can't think well i can i i've seen a couple audrey hepburn movies that i didn't enjoy um one of those was uh uh robin and marion with um, Sean Connery. And I don't know if I watched it now, if I would have as negative of a reaction, um, but it's a Robin Hood story, but like it's Sean Connery. So it's an old Robin Hood um, story, like late in his life. And I think it's late in her career also. Um, that was just kind of, this is kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. <laughs> that movie. Um, and, um, I think what is it charade maybe was a little um th- that's one that they remade with um oh Tandy Newton um called the truth about Charlie oh right yeah uh, and when when that movie came out I think they bundled charade with the DVD or something and so I watched charade then and it was the same kind of like I was like oh well I like this better than the remake but it's still the same kind of story where her character is kind of hapless and I don't know again that's that's another one that I watched like 20 years ago so I don't remember I just remember not being overly impressed with it yeah I I, um, I, I think these kind of movies are just made for people I don't know it's it's a it's a Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks movie uh, Tom Hanks is a little different because he does he does a lot of different things but it's the sure. I want to go to the movie theater to watch this person Right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, I mean, I, when I go see Tom Cruise, I know what kind of show I'm going to get, right? And I know a, right. And, and, and I'm usually not disappointed. He gives the same kind of a show, and that's what I want. And people are like, oh, I can't watch that show. It's just another Tom Cruise show. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it is, and I hope he gives the same <laughs> kind of thing. Not that, you know, you can't stretch out or he hasn't done other things, and I don't mean to be picking on Tom Cruise, but he's a perfect example of it. Um Right. But and same thing with with her. I think she used just you know you would go see Roman Holiday, and I would recommend when we go into who would watch this is if you like watching Audrey you know do her thing, 
yeah, this is an amazing one of those those times. And she's all right, what was the one we watched um, in the '60s? I can't remember. She had done Bre- uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, Breakfast at Tiffany's. I just just love that one as well. And it's so funny; these feel like they shouldn't be my kind of shows, but if if, if you don't mind a very uh, a very uh, problematic um, um, oh shoot, what's the guy's name? The the landlord. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. That Asian. It's not for it's, sure, it's, right? Uh, um. Shoot, Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney. Oh, do it, doing the yes. What he was doing, like yellow face or something like yellow that. face. Yeah, it's real bad, <laughs> real bad, real bad. Yeah, super offensive. Um, and that's a, I that's one that I remember. You know, in our we've been doing this podcast for a while, and I I sometimes you know wonder when I'm watching a movie, I'm like, what's Michael's reaction going to be to this? Because you know, when we watch older films, I know you have a harder time sometimes with the you know whatever different cultural differences or or pacing or things like that Mm -hmm. and i was like i don't know i'll bet he's not gonna like this because he didn't like you know whatever other old thing we watched uh lawrence of arabia or 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 something and then and then you loved it and i was like oh okay well that's that was on me you can never tell right (laughs) i can i can i can never tell because it's i mean you know audrey hepburn is is charming and and adorable but Mm -hmm. You know, her character in that Holly Golightly is very, like, frustrating, right? She's the kind of, you know, flighty, I mean, Golightly, it's right there in the name. Um, And it was frustrating to watch, but it's still, you know, if you like Audrey Hepburn, it's still still good. It's one of those classics. Um, Yeah, and so this, I don't know, it's one of the things that, um, you know today in the 2020s um seems a little tired and cliche like oh it's the royal who's bored with the, her life and you know we've seen this a hundred times but it you know in the 50s i don't think we had um and so i don't that doesn't bother me um for our uh movie club we recently watched uh, la dolce vita which is an italian made film i think a little before this kind of you know it it went together in my mind with this and with um uh what's the movie movie we watched um cinema paradiso right this whole idea of of italian filmmaking in the post-war era and the sort of like them playing to hollywood kind of thing at the time and how how much of a big deal that was um and so i couldn't fully separate this from that in my mind there's that famous fountain that you see in this movie is a major is part of one of the major uh scenes sequences in la dolce vita which is a much harder movie to watch it's it's much more tragic and uh darkly satirical shall we say (laughs) yeah um but yeah i mean i i like this a lot there's nothing you know i wouldn't recommend it to everybody because i know not everybody is into a 70 year old movie sure um, yeah yeah but i, I think what i liked about it yeah with that there, being a 70 year old movie is the simplicity of it like it was just yeah it's very simple. there are definitely there are definitely some uh you know cultural things that don't quite translate but it's not not nearly to the extent that that la dolce vita has there's i don't think there's any like casual domestic violence or anything (laughs) like that like you get in a lot of these 
old you know john wayne movies and things where 100 percent, you know a woman is upset and somebody just slaps her and you know she thanks him for it yeah. right like like we've seen in hitchcock films and or you know, saw it was Vert- just a, vertigo is that what it was where like vertigo yeah i mean some of that is just cultural um and and this doesn't have any of that or at least i didn't notice it if it did um no no so, yeah. I, I same thing here I, I don't think so there might be some offensive italian stuff but nothing that stood out to me sure yeah right a lot away. of a lot of uh big big hand talking italian uh, uh stuff and stereotypes but yeah, there th- this movie knows? all, all the, it's, the happiness it's, that it's I'm filmed in italy so yeah it, it actually was right it, it was i forgive me if i'm wrong on this but i believe it was the first american film filmed in italy um which was a pretty big step oh, for it that, that could and, be i don't know and it was all in rome um and which, mm. which half of it looked like it was on sets so that's weird even the ones that were like outside shots sometimes looked like they were sets um mm. but the uh so all, all the kind of happy i don't say love again but the happiness i'm given for it i will say i want to repeat again there's not a lot to it there, there really isn't um sure and and honestly when i when we say recommending it to people i would recommend it to to you know people one who like audrey and um <laughs> if you just like a light-hearted whimsical fun movie i guess is that's the only thing i could say about it but but it's yeah it's not going to make you think it's not going to give you any kind of lasting you know impressions or you're not going to run out and tell somebody oh my gosh i watched this thing you should watch it too um right you know i, I definitely would enjoy it on a rainy day you know and sitting it putting it up on the tv and sitting in your sure. bed and put this on right um, yeah 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 and it, it'll make you happy uh, it'll make you feel good and 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 that's that's exactly what it was it's funny that it won all these awards because i don't know what else other was up against it that year um, because right, besides right. her, I don't know what was so fan- fantastic about it in particular. Um, sure. So, I don't know. We never really went into spoilers because there wasn't really spoilers for it. But I give it a thumbs up. But that's a very binary choice with no granularity to it. It's just, you know, <laughs> I wasn't disappointed. And I, uh, and I was generally left feeling pretty good about it overall when I was done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's your week. And we did not give you any time to think about it. Oh, man. We did not talk about that before we started. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about Labyrinth? Oh, man. You're going to make me watch that. Okay. Sure. Have you seen it? I. Okay. I'm admitting I've this never on, seen it, so no air. judgment. Okay. I'm admitting it on the air. I watched this show at least four times and never made it halfway through. Like, I almost wow. always turn okay. it off nearly the same time and i have pushed through <laughs> that same time and it doesn't get any better and it just bugs me um it's okay. it's uh okay. the thing i don't like about it, i'll say it again i mean I'm, I'm glad we're watching it's good this is going to force me to watch the whole show so that's a that's that's a good thing um the thing i i don't like about it is that it's um who's the singer guy it's the main one of bowie the, david Bo- bowie david bowie i've never been a bowie fan anyway so to just say that out there too uh wow. No, I know it's okay. fine. Uh, I was I was no judgment for you not seeing this movie, but if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna badmouth David Bowie on he's, the podcast, that's, he's that's, fine. That's he, he's, okay. Sure, he's sure. Fine. Yeah, I've okay. seen. Fair. I've listened to so many other things. He's fine. 
Um, and then, so this is a cool Muppet fantasy Fraggle Rock type movie, you know, <laughs> which I love. That was my sure, time. I, sure, I was yeah, there. Yeah, I was yeah, all yeah. about those. The more of those I could watch, the better. Um, I love the Dark Crystal. Um, but then they're like, let's do the Dark Crystal, but have Bowie sing songs randomly throughout it. And mm-hmm. and, and that that just drives the- me nuts. It's, does a magic dance. Yeah, it does the magic dance. And, and that's the time. is when he talk, remind me of the babe, the babe with the power, power of voodoo. Who do you do? I'm like, oh, my God, I can't stand this. Stop singing it. And then he keeps singing it, and it never stops. Um, and then I finally get – and okay, I usually just, okay. just stop. I'm like, I, this, this movie is not that interesting anyway, uh, and, then I, and then I'll watch it. But it is a beloved thing that so many people love. And, mm-hmm. and it has to be because I'm, one, missing something, two – have was not the right age or mindset to watch it or three. Um, I haven't seen the endings of it or that midway through and I'm just totally not giving it a good enough chance. So I am going to do that this time. I'm glad you (laughs) labyrinth. That was a lot of little spinning there at the end, but yeah, every time I I look at labyrinth and I'm like, I should watch that, but I know it's going to be my fifth time before I turn it off again. Yeah, I I just added this to our list because uh, we were talking on Discord about the Dark Crystal stuff, I think. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't think with the Muppets. And I'm like, maybe the Muppets, because I couldn't get into either original or remake sequel uh, Dark Crystal. I was going to say, I thought, like, I thought your sister liked the, the show. Two, right? uh, uh, two of my sisters both really loved the, the Dark Crystal remake, and I just, it didn't didn't do it for me whatever and i was like maybe i'm just not into the muppet thing and i i love the idea of the muppets right i grew up on sesame street like most people of our age um but i didn't watch the muppet show i watched muppet babies which was a cartoon oh that's different. It was animated there were yeah. there were no puppets it was very different um i don't have strong feelings about muppet christmas carol i don't know if i've ever, i'm i've probably seen it once um you know again i like the idea of it i'll defend it but you know, it's not my go-to version of Christmas Carol. Um, but then I also remember watching and loving Fraggle Rocks. I'm like, okay, it's not the puppet thing. And uh, then, you know, somebody said something about Labyrinth. And I'm like, you know, I've never seen that. And it comes up a lot. I do love that song, Dance, Magic, Dance. Um, <laughs> it's another like, perfect I, example. Dance, Magic, Dance. It's like, he sings that song. And I'm like, that doesn't make no sense. Why is he singing a song? <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. It's Cause, fine. Cuz cuz it's cuz it's Bowie. What else is he why would Because he not it's Bowie. Yeah, that It would be weird what, if he didn't sing a song. What 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 else is there that that like there's got to be a lot of things that that they put like other famous people in a thing just to have them featured and I'm thinking singers um in particular but Oh, uh, well, Space Jam. Space Jam. Yes, or, there you go, right? I mean I mean that's almost that's almost the other way around. Like they built a whole movie around what um Oh, this was a trend on like Twitter or something for a while, a couple of years ago, where uh, th- then they were talking about, I think, well, it's either Space Jam is one, but this was specifically with Muppets because they were talking about A Christmas Carol. Because in A Christmas Carol, the characters of the story are all Muppets except Scrooge, who is Michael Caine. You know, as yeah. as himself, not as himself, but right as a person. <laughs> Michael Caine um, is Scrooge. Yeah, okay, sure. He's he, he as as Scrooge, Scrooge right? He's Michael not Michael Caine. He's not a Muppet. He's not uh, one of the heckler guys or anything like. It's him. It's a real person. At you know, like Sesame Street. And somebody said, 
you know, somebody posited this question on Twitter. Like, what what movie would you do if you could? You know, dreamcasting, whatever. Um, take an existing movie, replace every character but one with Muppets, right? <laughs> and then you and then you still have the actor, right? Like, do I don't know? Some people had some really good ones, um, but it's like, you know. Uh, I don't know, um, Fast and the Furious, but it, you know everybody except Dwayne Johnson is a Muppet, right? <laughs> Driving cars and and all that, and it's and it's one real dude, um, and it's it's <laughs> that, it's kind that would of be fantastic. <laughs> it's it's kind of hilarious to imagine, or like uh, I don't know. Um, Man, that would be good. Star- that, that now just blowing my mind. I really <laughs> <laughs> right, like like Star Wars, but I don't know Harrison Ford, right? And everybody, uh, I don't know. Maybe he's not in it enough to for it, for it to, he's not in enough scenes for it for that to be a good uh, <laughs> a good pick. But maybe like you imagine, you know, Miss Piggy as as Princess Leia or whatever, and it's just Harrison Ford like acting. I swear that I, I swear they've done this. That, that feels like something that they've done before. I think. Right. I think. If, yeah. Matter of fact, I think. Well, they had them guest star. They were guest starred those characters, actors, uh, mm, on an mm-hmm. episode of the Muppets, and I think they did do that because I remember her being Miss Piggy with the Princess Leia with thing, the and, with and, the Leia buns and, she's and the, hitting on Luke yeah. uh, Harris or Mark Hamill because he, oh, yeah, he guest yeah, yeah, starred yeah. on it. Uh, so yeah, me that makes me funny. I'm gonna go back and watch one of those because that that was one of the great things about the Muppet Show back in the thing was that they would have one real actor person and the Muppets would be interacting with them. Man, Muppet Show was so great, <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> it's so, it's because it's so dumb. Like they're Muppets, yeah, it, right? It's an old, it, yeah. I I never really saw it, but it's like uh it's like an old school variety show. Yeah, and and the their catch is that they are like in the real world. It's not like a yeah. a Muppet Fraggle Rock world. They're the Muppets living in our real world, interacting yeah, driving, with real world actors and such. Driving normal cars and yeah, yeah. riding bikes and yeah, all that. <laughs> it's it's all just absurd, is what it is, which is fantastic about it. But now, um, now I really want to watch Muppet Fast and the Furious. Man, that's so good. There's got to be a fan made <laughs> one out there somewhere speaking uh just briefly of um of variety shows i don't normally watch uh snl saturday night live but uh aubrey plaza hosted april Gosh, she's your heartthrob i think right parks yes. and rec yeah. uh i'm a fan of hers and her work she picks a lot of a weird projects but uh she hosted snl and i was like all right i gotta watch this and i enjoyed most of the skits like i know we we say you know, SNL has like a 20% win rate at best. Um, but most, most of them are pretty good. And, and even the ones that I didn't know what, cause that's often my problem is they'll reference a lot of politicians and current events that I don't know. Um, but even those, like I still got what they were doing. Um, you know, the bit was adequate, whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Awesome. And they had cameos, uh, spoilers for that, but Amy Poehler shows up in a couple of sketches, which is great. And uh, so does the president, I believe, right? Yeah, there's a there's a zoom in from uh, from President Biden, which was pretty hilarious. That's awesome. Um, I, I, that, I did see that. I saw her open. 
uh, on that one. So I heard, I, it's funny. I heard it's what I've heard from that. And it, some of it's come from you. Some of it's come from Trotsky, some of it online. Cause I also like Aubrey pretty good. Um, is she was good, but everything was lukewarm. And I think you even said something mm. like that, like, or, or it was, it was just okay. Or maybe something. So, and that's, that's typically what I, what I hear everybody say about anything with Saturday Night Live these days is that, you know, yeah. I, I watch that thing, you know, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it, but I don't know if I have anything good to say. And I think, I think that has to do with on variety shows is that they're, they do so many things that, right. And they do it in such a quick turnaround. Like they have like a week literally to make everything that they just throw everything at the wall and you have a, a few things that stick, but most things just are going to be middle, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't have really strong feelings about SNL, but a lot of people have this, what I think, misconception that it used to be funnier than it is now. And I think people only think that because they don't remember any of the bad stuff, any of the mediocre and not funny stuff from decades past. Like, you know, we only remember one or two Will Ferrell sketches where he's doing the cowbell with Christopher Walken and and everybody else chris Catan and uh uh late late uh tonight show um jimmy fallon yeah yeah we can also um, just watch highlights too now right yeah yeah just go you know get the dvd best of and even on the best ofs like i've watched several of the best ofs best of christopher walken best they did two volumes best of will ferrell best of david spade best of chris farley um and even on those you're like Okay, I see the bit that he's doing here, but it's it's not that it's not that funny. Yeah, and, um, and, and I know when I watched them, uh, Will Ferrell is a perfect example. I was never a fan of Will Ferrell, like I, mm. especially when he was doing all that kind of stuff back then. It was like it was just absurd little bits. But then now, again, looking back and highlight reels type stuff, it's in that format they're fantastic, and I and I absolutely love them. And then his movies, he's gotten better obviously and, and, and i sure. really love him now and appreciate him but back when he was doing all that stuff he's just one example i'm using here it it wasn't actually as great as everybody remembers them being even the eddie murphy stuff when he was on saturday night live was was not great just the occasional things here and there right um, so. yeah i mean because it's because it's a lot as you said it's a lot of content every week you know for you know minus minus uh um commercials and and the, the the music musical guest um you know it's like over an hour of of solid content every week like that's a lot it's it's not and it's not it's, it's obviously not pre-planned it's not like they they think about a, a year in advance and write all these scripts out they do them week no to it's week. it's like you watch a you watch a, a stand-up comedy special right that's an hour long of a mm-hmm. of a comedian doing their whole routine. And even in that amount of time, it's very rare for all the jokes to be good. Right. Um, you know, unless their format is really simple or whatever, whatever. Um, and that's that's their set. That's something they've spent years perfecting. Right. Um, definitely not a set of um skits and jokes that a that a room full of writers came up with over the past seven days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, they're often writing them the day before, if not the day of. 
you know, the, right. the, the scripts, which, which are, yeah, it's like, it's amazing. It's like they're, wa- they're watching the news and, and the, and, you know, probably all the social media and stuff to see what, what the trends are. Like they did a sketch. I don't know if you saw this video, but the, the, um, the pageant show with Miss France I have and, seen and all the, uh, somebody on one of the discords I'm on posted, it. it's all these women, um, saying their country, right. That they're representing. And they're all yelling, right? They're yelling Albania, Botswana, Canada, um, all of this stuff. And Miss France says France, like in with a French accent. Yeah. And it just sounds like a woman moaning, like it's ridiculous. <laughs> and they did that. And Aubrey Plaza was was Miss France. And, and Keenan Thompson was the host. He's like, well, we're doing this thing one of the few shows left where we rate women <laughs> okay <laughs> um and they're all yelling every answer and he's like why and you're like okay this thing and i'm like this is pretty good and then they do it every question they're all yelling and you're like okay now i'm getting kind of tired and then he cuts to the judges and he goes he goes our panel of judges who for some reason are the property brothers and tony hawk <laughs> and then they cut over to the table and then instead of what you expect which is the normal snl cast playing those people right like when they do the president or whoever it's you know they're cast in makeup it's those three actual people it's the property brothers and tony hawk and i'm like <laughs> what what are they doing here i'm as surprised as keenan thompson is in this moment that's uh, great yeah the yeah, it's, the it was saturday night live is i for my me personally is best watched in highlight reels. Like w- sure. when, when I watch them with Trotsky, that's the only time we watch. He loves that show. Like it's his favorite show ever. And yeah, he uh, watches every week. And, and I, and I, I can't, I can't watch it every week. Like anytime I watch it live, yeah. I am not amused and I really do not like it, <laughs> but I really like the yeah. highlight reels, which makes me think I need to go back and like, now I'm ready to go watch the Aubrey Plaza highlight reels. And it'll probably give me five minutes of good times right. out of spending right. an entire hour yeah. getting five minutes of good time out of two, it. two or three skits yeah 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 uh, and, and that's great I, um norm mcdonald's another one of those although he he's done a lot of just good stuff anyway um, yeah yeah I would, he, i'd watch that guy says uh, the, the, the one the skits that i yeah. speaking of all those people we just said going back and watch my favorite snl skits and i will regularly go back and watch the highlights of them is the jeopardy ones with um sean connery and Alex Trebek, yeah. you know, the ones, those uh, are, uh, Daryl, Daryl Hammond playing Sean Connery and, um, Will Ferrell playing Alex Trebek. Oh my God. I, I just laugh every time and we'll watch them and repeat because they're so <laughs> stupid and great. And, and the best yeah. part about them is that, <clears throat> you know, Connery is, uh, playing just terrible and, uh, Will Ferrell is straight man. Just, just. Yeah. annoyed the whole time and i and then they'll just yeah. cut over to you know burt reynolds not being burt reynolds but being norm mcdonald you know just with the big norm mcdonald is burt reynolds like, yeah what, big what is this skit so yeah. i or I, or whoever the guest is playing somebody else and like maybe they're funny but it's really just uh these these get, two get back to those two Farrell so, and so i, I that, those are my those are my favorite saturday night Live ones there but there's there's other good ones throughout so Anyway, that uh, it is amazing that that show is still going. I can't imagine running a show like that every week the way that they do it. Um, yeah, it's, for it's wild. decades and decades and decades. I figure that's something that you know they're going to get exhausted. And a lot of these people are in there for many seasons. 
Like it's just crazy. Yeah, the cast, right? Yeah. yeah. Trial by fire for sure. They and when they leave, I remember hearing like exit interviews when they leave. They're all like, "I'm glad I spent my time here, but I want to like not lose my mind like I've been doing for for four years." <laughs> I I totally get that. That's great. That's oh, great. goodness. Okay, so um, let's talk about okay, our so, TV shows. Yeah, uh, quickly because I don't have a lot to say about these. Oh, what do we got? Fifteen minutes. Um, I played two video game demos I want to talk about real quick. Um, oh, okay. Because they were very similar. I played SteamWorld Build, which is a uh, town builder, base builder kind of game by the company that makes SteamWorld. Um, Lo- SteamWorld love Quest, all the SteamWorld, SteamWorld Heist. Like, they make really good games, and this is their town builder. Um, it has a SimCity kind of vibe where you put buildings down and you put roads in between and buildings have kind of a range for how far they can reach. you got to put the houses close to the store and stuff like that. Um, it seems good. I'll probably buy it when it's the real game. And, and it's, it's, it's just a demo, a demo not, not, a, not an early access. Not early access. So it's a free demo on Steam if that's a genre that interests you. I recommend checking it out. There's also a bunch of these games on sale. You can get like the whole SteamWorld collection for 20 bucks with all, I think it's all the DLC and stuff, which is, seems seems like a pretty good deal. Um, I also played a game called Desynced, which okay. is another kind of... Um, simulator factorio kind of a game um where you control a lot of little robots and so there's a lot of um um you don't have a little guy that runs around you just have these bots that you give orders to and give logistics requests so it's a little bit of a different um feel than like a factorio or satisfactory Um, both of these games are 3d isometric so you scroll the camera around very in the in the vibe of of again sim city mm-hmm. um and it's a free demo also uh so you know maybe check that one out they're both very similar like you play through the thing and you get to a point in the tech tree and it's like thanks for playing the demo our game is you know we're scheduled to come out at this time you know check it out blah blah, blah. um and those do, are both do we know a release date on steam world build uh you know, I don't remember because I played them both. I at least one of those said sometime twenty three, um, oh, and maybe both good. of them. Um, so that's that's promising. Yeah, I, um, I, I prefer that. Like, I I would not like a demo and then not hear from about it for two years, but, right? But uh, a demo and then maybe you know uh, six months to a year that year would be yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, I, um, I, like, I so, like build games. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, okay, in the TV show, TV series space, um, I finished uh, the Apple TV series, um, The After Party. Um, I don't know if I've heard of that one. A lot of our friends were talking about it for a while, and then it just and then it just dropped off. It's a murder mystery. Um, there are a few people in it you've probably seen. Um, okay. Dave Franco. Not James Franco, but his little mm-hmm. brother. Yeah. Know. Um. Uh. Oh. Um. Ben Schwartz, right? Yeah. Uh, Jean Ralphio. Yeah. Um. And then a few others that I recognized but wouldn't have been able to name. Um. It's a basic murder mystery, right? Uh. You know, the show opens with somebody is dead, um, and then the cops are there, and they interview the the party goers they're at a 
<laughs> this was uh, fun slash depressing. Um, they're at a high school reunion, and the the characters are all like class of '06 or something. <laughs> okay, and you know they seem the characters seem like my age, but <laughs> I am not class of '06. I'm right. class of '99. Right. Um, so that was fun. It's their. Well, no, it can't be '06. Maybe it was. Maybe it was '02. It's like their. No, I think it's an off year. It's like a thirty year. That's not right either. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um. Maybe it's fifteen year. However, that math works. Anyway, that's not important. Um, the cops interview a different person in each episode. Uh, it's okay. just eight ep- ep- eight episodes. Um, but then that person's story right is the is the sort of content flashback of that episode and the style of it is very different uh and they establish this early on because there's a there's a weird girl um whose name is indigo um she's like she's like the art she has long kind of dirty blonde hair and big big frame glasses um and she tells very quickly her version of events and it's like a film noir right and the and the detective is like okay i don't want to know what it's like up in that head of yours but uh you know and so the the like the style and vibe of each flashback episode is different depending on the person talking um one of them is mostly animated but it's kind of a um a little more modern animation style and at one point they uh she interviews a little girl like a six-year-old um and so her recollection recollection of events is very like cartoonish and she doesn't understand um what people are talking about because she's a kid uh right anyway that was that was a fun show it's worth watching if you're into that awesome kind of thing murder mystery stuff i do like the Um, murder mystery like the glass onion and knives out yeah yeah um i finally started the sandman um i've heard good things about what it's based on yeah comic book i think is what it was i I think it's based on a comic book it's um it's one of those kind of here's the real world but there's a lot of supernatural stuff happening behind the scenes and it's and it's tied in with a kind of um judeo-christian kind of um system except you know they're witches and magic and actually i don't know if there are witches but like demons exorcisms and these sort of super being demigods whatever the the sandman himself is is like the he's he's morpheus the the lord of dreams wow. so he doesn't um, do morbing he doesn't morb he not not morbius morpheus <laughs> and not That's matrix okay. morpheus like like a uh, little Nemo Morpheus. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm only like three episodes into it, uh, but it's, but it's good. Um, Jenna Coleman is in it. Okay. I, I like her. She was on Doctor Who and uh, Victoria. Um, the whole first episode is kind of a prologue. That's a, that's a little bit of a spoiler, but Charles Dance is in there. And um, uh, Patton Oswalt shows up as a voice um, character. Oh, okay. I, I won't spoil that, but a, a a character starts talking, and I'm like, 
that sounds like Patton Oswalt. Yeah, he's, he's got a pretty distinct voice. He has a pretty distinct voice, exactly, exactly. But I'm enjoying that so far. I'll probably have more to say as I get closer. When I went back and, and searched in our Discord, I saw that our friends were talking about it a lot when it was new. And I don't know, I was watching something else at the time, probably. and I, So I probably just muted those channels. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm into that right now. Um, awesome. Our new thing here in our last few minutes is uh the last of us um part one um it's hbo uh it's an it's an adaptation of a naughty dog game famous for this and and uh the uncharted franchise right and you've not played it right i've not played the games um i don't know if i've said this on the air before uh but it's very to me it's very obvious at times that they are just recreating, not, and I say just as if this is a simple thing, they are recreating cutscenes from the game. Because I played most, if not all, of the Uncharted games, and they have this thing where you'll do something, you'll walk to a point in the world, and you'll go into a cutscene. Right. And stuff will happen, you'll do cutscenes, maybe a character will be walking with you, and then the camera will back up, and now you're back in video game when you can you can steer your character around right um very often as this is only two episodes in by the way um pedro pascal and uh um Lady oh Mormon. shoot uh yeah uh ramsey bella ramsey yeah. um also from Catherine calberti yep um yeah and pedro pascal from game Man- of thrones and of course mandalorian and wonder woman um yeah, we don't we don't talk about it before. <laughs> um, and there are definitely times like in the first episode, there's a scene where they're driving around and they keep like something's in front in front of them. So they have to back up and go. And I'm like, boy, I feel like I'm in a video game. This is what <laughs> a game would look like. Like I'm sitting in the back seat, The characters are driving. They're talking and I'm just a passenger in this. What's happening? 100%. And then in this in the second episode, there are sequences where they're walking through this. This is a zombie uh, apocalypse story um they're walking around this ruined city and the camera is over the shoulder of pedro pascal or one of the other characters i'm like when this is going to zoom out and i'm going to have to drive the character in a minute right <laughs> that's 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 what's going to have that's exactly what it feels like but they'll do that for a for a shot one it's not a scene but like just one shot and then they'll do another shot that's like a normal tv show characters from the front and then they'll go back to over the shoulder and him walking and she's turning back, talking to him and they'll go back the other way. And I'm like, I see that they're breaking this up to, to, you know, minimize or not minimize, but you know, to keep it from feeling like a hundred percent cutscene. they're, they're switching this up to keep it. Um, I don't know, interesting, engaging, whatever, mm-hmm. but it's almost, I don't want to say it's distracting, but it's a thing that I notice that that sometimes kind of takes me out of it. Oh yeah. But that being said, that sounds like like a criticism, and it is a little bit. Um, but the the visual styling effects and the costuming for the characters, like Pedro Pascal, looks like a Naughty Dog character. Like I've never played right. The Last of Us, but I know um, what that character looks like uh joel joel um 
and that's what he looks like. Like if he had slightly different clothes and a slightly different haircut, he would look like Nathan Drake. Like the, sure, yeah. There, there's a distinct visual style to those Naughty Dog games and the way they design those characters because you know made kind of around the same time. Um, that's that's very apparent, and the story is interesting too right like it's a zombie story it's not it's nothing new but it's still i'm still finding it engaging yeah the the thing to talk about here i think is is perfect example we just had in the last year or the two years like two naughty dog game adaptations adaptations right with with, um you just mentioned uncharted and then uh this one last of us and Again, only two episodes in. This one is far and uh, far and away the most superior one, and it's for all the reasons that kind of you just said. Is that um, the game's story is what made them so popular, and what made right? You know, yes, you would do the over the shoulder and and drive the characters, but it was just like for the combat areas, basically for all the night. Or if you're playing Uncharted, it's just to you know do the parkour stuff. Rock climbing puzzle, or, right? Yeah. Which, which you don't. I mean, and that's fun because you want to be able to like do that in real life. I wish I could parkour like that. I wish I could, you know, shoot bad guys, you know, that are attacking me in the jungle. That that's cool, but it's not like the engaging story part of it at any point. I mean, right? I, I take that back. Naughty Dog does a good job of in the middle of those things, characters saying things to each other and having some conversations and stuff, which really do endear the people, but. Um, yeah, it, it's not really in the action parts that you are that you are you know identifying with characters. So the things that anyway the things that make those things good is those games good is the story. And when Hollywood decides that they don't want to use that, they just want to use the the basic ideas of it and then make their own stuff. It's 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 invariably a huge disappointment. Um, right and time and time again it's not just video games you know uh well i guess video games we're talking about here like world of warcraft you know movies things like that you you see you see blizzard do just cut scenes even just cinema scenes without a lot of story or i guess some of their stories are really good and then you're like oh man that's so awesome i would watch a whole two hours of something cool like that with those cool characters and then they go mm-hmm. and they use things that aren't like that and they make it not look like that they change it all in their own vision you're like why that's what we like that's what we want. Why do you have to change it? Um, and when you have, for example, Nathan Drake, who was played by a 20-some-year-old kid, as opposed <laughs> to what you just said, this other guy is made to look like a Naughty Dog character, lead character, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what The Last of Us has done. They've just done all the things that they... It's, it seems very easy to me, I guess. I've said it when I've talked about this show, is that they just didn't do anything new and i don't mean that as like they didn't do anything new in the genre or the show or they didn't do anything new between the game version and this one um they you know a lot can be said same thing with lord of the rings they did they try to stay as true to the source material as well with changing very very little um and it and that's what people wanted right and when people do the last of us they want to see that game or if you've not seen it before people who played the game want you to see that 
when they say you should play The Last of Us, it's not so that you can do all the parkour things or shoot all the zombies. <laughs> you should play it so you can experience these characters that we love. See the story. That, that, yeah. that we've seen. Um, and, and you can't explain that. Well, the, the hardest part for me was um, people saying, oh, it's, it's Walking Dead then, right? Just another Walking Dead. I'm like, you know, that, that bothers me a little bit because um, everything within a, a genre is like, it's like Star Wars. Or it's like, you know, it's sci-fi, it must be Star Wars, right? Or we're watching Star Trek. Sure, you know, they're sure. two, two separate things. Um, but, okay, so all that, that aside, uh, I, I I like, as a person who, who played the games, I really enjoy that. I had to bring Sydney in here because she played the entire first game. And she came in and wanted to watch it, so she sat down. And she said the exact same thing. She's like, I remember this. I remember all these shots. I remember when that barn was burning down. And, and we watched it you know, in the car as a third person thing. And like they hit everything. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to do anything new. The director was just brought the videos to work one day and said, and they were like, how should we shoot this boss? And he <laughs> said, watch this. This is what we're doing. Um, writing, you know, acting, same kind of thing. So I, I really enjoy it. It's an interesting thing about it is that they're going to finish the entire game in one season. So okay. I, I, that's cool. Uh, a lot happened. I spent easy 40-plus hours on that game. Um, granted, a lot of it was running around picking up guns and ammo and bandages and crafting. <laughs> right, like that. right. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's eight episodes, I think, at um, about one hour apiece. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to get eight hours. That's a long time for, for a story. Um, yeah. And then uh, they, they, they're talking about if they get a green light for a season two, they'll do The Last of Us Part Two, so which is the, the second game. Um, okay. W- which is cool. It's I, I like the idea that they're not going to try and drag it out and put fillers in and you know, sure. just, just so they can milk more viewership. They've got the story. They're going to make the one, and then they're going to make the second one. Ho- hopefully, they haven't green light the second one yet. But, um, but yeah, ultimately... This is for you, Dennis. You'll see The Last of Us story by the end of the season. So nice. that's pretty cool. Uh, unlike, and then I won't the, have to play it. Yeah, right. No, really, honestly. And then the Nathan Nathan uh, the Nathan Drake movie, uh, I could tell you to go play Uncharted because you'll never recognize anything about it except the names of the characters. Yeah, that, that movie was a mess. Yeah, so and that, that's, that's unfortunate. So that, that, but that is the difference between when Hollywood decides they're going to take a thing and do their own. And then, you know, they, well, they had the writer for, um, for the game is a, I think, producer and writer on this show. So he's heavily involved. And of course he's just Mm. like, how should we write it boss? And he's like, I already wrote it here. Here, just use the script. (laughs) It's already there. Sure. Um, I also came into it thinking it was going to be terrible. Like all video game movies are, I was very cynical. Um, Pedro Pascal was not my choice for for um joel um mm. and he's great like he's really great he was so terrible in the wonder woman movie um and he, yeah he's he's perfect as joel so he, i'm, I'm like to to be fair he was not what made that movie bad right but he was bad in that movie too though like they were all bad in that movie and everything was bad about that movie but he he was particularly as well terrible um and he's good in as the mandalorian except when he takes off his mask i don't really like, like him that much Sure, um, sure. But he was he was also good as uh in Game of Thrones, you know. When when, when he got his eyes gashed yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. 
they I saw an interview with him and, and Bella Ramsey, and, and they were talking because they asked about them being on the same show, and they were like, we were seasons apart from each other and never saw each other. Right. Yeah, I don't think they ever interacted yeah. on the set the, because yeah. because I know that I watched stuff while it was being made, and Game of Thrones was filming like at four locations simultaneously, and I know that none of the Winterfell Northmen stuff was in the city that was in you know northern ireland and the 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 um oh the tyrell stuff with him was in croatia like yeah the countries you know many many kilometers apart <laughs> and, and and then seasons apart like they weren't even in the same seasons. yeah right so. right right Right. His, yeah. his stuff was done before she came. came he on he died way before her character ever shows up. Yeah. Right. So they were like, their answers to that was like, we watched the show and and absolutely admired each other's characters and 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 uh, um, the acting that each of us did, but you know we didn't interact. So that, that's all that yeah. was to, to that one. So anyway, I'm um, two episodes in, so we're looking forward to the rest of them. I, I, I it's not one that I think that we should talk about each week. Maybe I don't know. Um, but talk about it at the end because it'll go quick, right? Eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, I think and, so. And then we can get the whole story because it because it is what I remember of the thing. It's been a while since I even watched Sydney play it. Um, it's set pieces. They go from place to place. They're on their journey with their goal, and they are learning more about what's happening in the world, which is kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. But but so I can see how week to week can be these different places that they kind of go through and meet people and do things and interact and kind of you know move through it. And then things happen to them and some of the characters that come along with them. Uh, so it, it's, uh, yeah, and, and there's there's no, um, let me say this without being spoiled, no guarantee that either of those two main characters are also all the way through it. Um, because right. in these games and shows, they're, you're, you're one character. Um, and sometimes you switch characters um, in, in these mm. games. So, yeah. yeah well, I, I know that... I know that there were comics and memes around the time of the second one where people are, were emotionally devastated yeah. by whatever happens. And I'm yeah. like, okay, so something, something's gonna, something's yeah. gonna happen. That, that's not, I, and, I, and I'm not signaling that, that Joel and Ellie are going to die. I'm just, I don't want to say that. Cause I, you know, I don't want to, cause giving hints that way to say they're going to die too. I'm not saying that either. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to say. Uh, but but I would just say you you can't rest on your laurels knowing that these are two main characters that they're that through the 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 thing the and plot armor you know, and, we've seen them in plot yeah. armor because they don't necessarily have that um, and, and and when you watch the show you can kind of feel it M- maybe Ellie feels the most plot armor person definitely not Joel and he's the kind of the main character I think um, sure so it's a little it's he was scary in the game and he's kind of scary here too as well so we'll hmm. uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I, I, I like I like like the story and having a good time with it now. So hopefully we can see more like this as well. Um, I, I kind of I want the same thing to to translate over to books as well. There's so many good books that we read and are just totally ruined, right? Um, yeah, I think I think the mediums are more different. Surprisingly, I don't know that I would have said that before. I mean, it depends on the game, of course. Like, the game, right? That's that's what you right. know. Naughty Dog games, especially this one, are very cinematic, right? Yeah. And so it's, yes. yeah, yeah, it's not Street Fighter, right? Where they're, they're making, <laughs> right, or, or, or Mortal Kombat, right? Um, exactly. 
exactly. Yeah. That movie started out good. <laughs> they always do. They always do. All right. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode... What? I didn't update my file. It's 281. Thanks as always yeah. to our friends at LRM yeah. Online. You can check them out for reviews on all things. I'm sure our buddy Fox will have some things to say about the Oscar nominations. Um, if you want to reach out to us and tell us what your favorite Audrey Hepburn movie or mm. your favorite so oh. bad it's good uh, video game adaptation, which unless you're <laughs> saying Super Mario Brothers, you are wrong. <laughs> it's not good in any way. No, no. Uh, via email, our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. And if you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you could find contact forms there to reach out to us if you enjoy the front porch please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice and while you're there if you leave us a review we appreciate that it helps us out a lot as always thanks so much for joining us until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch bye everybody see you next time